You are likely well aware that our province has seen its finances go from, well, a pretty sizable deficit. It was about a half billion uh, to an enormous surplus. Uh, it's about a $14 swing all told, uh, largely on the back of resource revenues, right? Um, but Alberta's not alone. Most provinces, in fact, almost all provinces in Canada are reporting a major turnaround in their finances. Definites are shrinking and surpluses are starting to emerge in some locations. So we're going to chat now with Robert Kapsik, a senior economist with Bank of Montreal Capital Markets, and get some insight as to why this is happening and, and what these governments should be aware of. Robert, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time today. Great. Thanks for having me on. So these increases, these turnarounds that we're seeing here, Alberta's not alone. This is pretty much right across the country, isn't it? It's everywhere, federally and provincially, pretty much coast to coast, yeah. Um, and, and everybody has one thing in common here, too, right? And that is uh, the economy came out of COVID a lot quicker than any finance minister would have, would have expected. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, like this is one area where inflation actually helps. I know we all hate inflation. And yeah. We don't like seeing price increases. But as a finance minister, what inflation does is it drives higher spending dollar values and it drives higher income values, and that all translates to higher tax revenues. And that's that is that that is what accounts for almost all of the increase we've seen in in, in government uh, finance finances. Okay, so I mean, I know here in Alberta we talk about the price of oil and the way that it's turned around, and obviously that fuels things for Alberta and Saskatchewan and some maritime provinces primarily. But other than that, it, it's just the fact that things cost more, which means we pay more in tax. So the only winners here, I guess, then are the are the the governments, right? Well, yeah, and it's, it's not just that we, we pay more on on the goods we buy and stuff like that at the store, which does which does drive things like sales tax revenues, but. Um, wage growth is accelerating. The job market is yeah. very tight, so the the level of employment is uh, is back to record highs. So the actual level, the dollar value of income levels across the country, at the personal level and at the corporate level, are are very high, and that directly drives tax revenues as well through through income taxes and corporate income taxes. So it's not just a matter of us of us. Spending more right. Stuff, for example, right? Fair enough. And, and, and how are provinces reacting? I know here in Alberta, we saw the gas tax come off. I know some other provinces, Saskatchewan, just handing out cash. Are you seeing that similar kind of uh, reaction from provinces across the country, this this newfound largesse, and they're giving some of it back? Yes, we are. So when we look across Canada, I think at, at, at the last count, I think nine out of ten provinces have in some form directly given cash back to households. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it hasn't been a massive amount. So by my count, about 10 or $11 billion worth of new spending measures, new direct transfer measures this year. And it's about like 0.3 or 0.4% of GDP. So it's, it's not a game changer. But um, <laughs> fundamentally here, it does kind of fly in the face of what the Bank of Canada is trying to do, yeah. which is raise interest rates and, and combat inflation. And so any kind of direct transfers like this, like pure cash transfers down to the household level, are directly inflationary. So it's kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of pushing back against what other policymakers are trying to do at the same time. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. We hear that, you know, you want to try and reduce the amount of money in the system. This goes directly in opposite of that. So we, we see the continued inflation. What about the fact that we hear predictions of, you know, tough times ahead, a recession? A lot of people saying we're heading into a recession. Uh, interest rates are climbing. Is this a better time to be, uh, if you're a provincial government, sort of holding on to some of that cash? Oh, absolutely. I would be, I would be locking it down right now and building fiscal capacity because 
Um, I, I mean, a, a couple of things. Economic uncertainty is is obviously increasing. Our, our forecast technically does have a recession in the early stages of 2023. Mm-hmm. And I think the big swing we're going to see as we go into the budget season next spring is that for the first time in a long time, actual economic performance is going to start undershooting what finance ministers have been assuming. So this constant constant flow of better-than-expected results. Better-than-expected results is actually going to start to turn. We're going to have to see some downward revisions next year. So having that like having that buffer in place is it would be very prudent. Um, the other thing that we've seen is we've seen some very stimulative budgets come out elsewhere in the world. And, I mean, here's here's looking at the U.K., right? Right, yeah. And what happened there was, was the market very quickly turned on the U.K. and said this is not the time for this. And, obviously, interest rates got pushed significantly higher and, and the UK pound got pounded very weaker. So that's kind of a warning shot too that we're at the stage where policymakers have got to be careful with what they're doing here, I think. And what about the fact that, you know, I mean, you're taking a look at the provinces, right? And, and they're, they're major employers. I mean, there's no other way to put it. They employ millions and millions of people across the country. Um, and as you're talking about inflation, it's usually translated through to higher wages in a lot of these instances. So their costs are going to increase. It's not only revenues that are going to go up, but if they're not careful, they'll see their costs climb here, won't they? They will. And, and I would point to labor costs on this front, which have been very subdued for a long time, right? Like typically... When we look at a lot of the contracts across the public sector, one or two percent type of annual wage increases historically. Like this goes back like the last five, ten years or whatever. But now we're obviously we're seeing a lot of pushback on that because it's hard to it's hard to settle with one or two percent per year wage increases when you have headline inflation at seven or eight percent. So as these provinces kind of face new rounds of negotiation, we're already starting to see anecdotally um, that, that that rate of wage growth, at least for the next couple of years, is going to get pushed significantly higher. And that's a, that is, that's a big bill for a lot of the provinces. So again, just kind of reiterates that you're going to have that spending pressure at, a, at the same time when you start to maybe see some momentum on the top revenue line back off. And it would probably pay to be pretty prudent at this point and not just pump all that yeah. surplus revenue back onto the economy. And, and the other question I always want to ask uh, uh, the, the experts like you is, how much of this is impossible to tell? We, we're told that so much of what's going on with all of these different financial realities, be it inflation or recession looming, all this stuff, price of energy, there's so much uncertainty right now. We don't know what might happen next week, next month, next year. How much difficulty does that present in trying to plan for all this stuff? Well, it's it's always a, it's always something, right? And like we we have this conversation two years ago or four years ago, six years ago. It was always there was always some kind of uncertainty out there. So as like yeah. a fiscal planner, you have to be aware of it. In Alberta, you have to be very aware of it because, as 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 everybody in Alberta listening knows, you can go from ninety dollar oil to forty five dollar oil in the blink of an eye, and that completely changes the fiscal backdrop, totally. right? So when Alberta is looking at realistically like 10 or $15 billion surpluses for the next couple of years, at least as, as kind of a baseline, um, history would suggest that it's not the best move to just turn around and spend all that and push it back into the economy to actually build up contingency funds and things like that, which we have seen Alberta do historically. So there are ways to manage it and, and smooth out the swings, especially in a province like Alberta where you can't bank money in contingency fund and then let that kind of drip out when oil prices and the backdrop is a lot weaker. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Robert, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you joining us this morning.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.